All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Trash Panda Talks with the Don't Give Up the Shit podcast. Today, I want to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do. You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. I have seen a lot of posts on social media, Facebook, Reddit, all these different places of concerns that sailors have, and they're bringing them to social media for help, for resolution, for guidance. They, they just don't know what to do, and they don't know where to start. I think part of it, uh, probably a big part, comes from that these sailors just don't have someone that they trust. They don't have anyone close to them a real human being that they can go to and say hey uh petty officer chief lt whoever um i'm dealing with this issue what should i do uh or can you help me i don't think a lot of these sailors have the people that are posting anonymously the people who are posting on facebook and reddit i think they don't have a human being to go to that they trust or they don't know which human being to start with because they think, you know, I can't bring this problem to my LPO. I have to have a plan or I have to know what it is. Or maybe it's a simio thing. Should I go to the simio? Or is it a uh, legal thing? Do I go to legal? And instead of starting with a like deck plate leader or someone that's involved in their day to day, um, it goes, it goes to the internet. And I, I love social media. I love the internet. I love technology. Obviously, uh, here I am trying to communicate with a bunch of people because, there's a lot of value in it and I appreciate that but there's also a lot of uh bad things on the internet a lot of misinformation a lot of just crappy human beings that are trolling and and making fun of these sailors or or hating on them for saying how dare you not know this and that that kills me but um so in response to all these I I just want to talk about the options that you have and what might fall under what category or where where you might want to start if you don't have a human being to go to right away um, who could then provide these resources to you. So in it, uh, I'm going to share two scenarios. One is somebody else and one is for myself and, and I'll get into that later. But um, there was a Facebook post. It was an anonymous post and this sailor um, was a first class in a relatively new area, um, had only been there um, six to 12 months and was having an issue with a second class in that same office and was having an issue with just in general um, mean comments, um, unprofessional behavior. I couldn't quite tell if it stemmed from um, a like a a sexism point of view to say that because this first class was a female that maybe the issues they were having were more targeted towards just her because she was a female or if it was because this person was just a crappy human 
Um, so there were some issues. They seemed to get resolved. And then it got out of hand when the second class physically put hands on on this first class. And another person saw it. The first class put in a simio complaint and it came back unsubstantiated. And then the first class was... Um, I don't want to use the word threatened, but was was concerned for their career and and potential repercussions based on feedback and comments that they'd gotten from their leadership about what might come because of this complaint. And the sailor wasn't sure, you know, is this reprisal? What do I do? And so, and I commented on that. And the, what I just said is more than what was originally in the post. Um, I commented on it and said, you know, I'm a simio and, and I'd be happy to talk to you about it if you want more information. But in the most basic sense, this is how this might happen. Uh, feel free to reach out. And then I talked to the sailor more and um, some stuff is still ongoing with that. But it's there's that opened up uh, a conversation that uh, this first class had no idea about the limits of the simio program what constitutes sexual harassment versus regular harassment uh what did what do you do when you hit a wall and you have a a seemingly valid complaint that comes back unsubstantiated and then what next and things like reprisal and all of that and i think there's a a misconception that first classes should know everything or you know or chiefs or anyone should know everything in every program and that we should all be well-versed in these things. And it's just not realistic. And I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing that any person of any rank would not know the ins and outs of these programs. There's a reason that there's classes for them and, and NECs and stuff like that for things like um, SAPR, suicide prevention, SIMEO, like DAPA, the big, the big collaterals um, that are actually important they require some training and things like that. And if you've never been trained and you've never experienced something that required that program, it's it's very likely that you do not understand the the details that go into it. And that's okay. It's it's a good thing, honestly. If you don't know the ins and outs of the FAT program, the family advocacy program, because you've never needed it, that's a good thing. I would I would be happy to share with you the details of it. Um, and so things like this, I, I don't ever get, um, frustrated or, or annoyed to answer the same questions. I, I, I'm happy that not enough people have had to go through it. Um, we still have way too many, which is another topic for another time. But when, when I have to explain the difference between, um, what may or may not constitute sexual harassment versus regular harassment or bullying or hazing, because the person has no idea and they've never experienced it before, that that is a little relieving to me that this might be their first experience and it's not something they're well versed in now if i have a sailor that knows the ins and outs of the 5354 because they've put in complaints that like it sucks it sucks that they've had to go through that for the sailor and and a little bit more of context for it so this first class had been having issues with this second class in the office the first class is a female, the second class is a male, and it was, I don't want to say harmless, but it wasn't um, sexual harassment in nature in the beginning. It was just kind of like a little mean, snide comments, kind of rude, um, and 
the the first class kind of let it go and just was hoping to kind of work through it and maybe it was just a personality conflict it didn't seem like harassment it didn't seem too egregious to that first class and things seemed to get better after a little while and then there was a situation that happened and this second class allegedly right this is just what the sailor has told me um the second class physically went up to the first class and and put hands on her and and there was another person that saw it and and used words that were uh would definitely constitute sexual harassment uh in in my opinion right and i wasn't there but having had that information um i explained to them you know what what the limits are what is what is sexual harassment versus regular harassment and and how something might be unsubstantiated and and what they could have done and if we had had the opportunity and i and i don't know that this situation could have been avoided um it's all very hard to tell and and that's not necessarily my uh job to determine that right but if there were issues between this first class and the second class in the beginning i like there's steps that could have been taken and and we hear it all the time in in different um like trainings and gmts and and other things where they say start at the lowest level and sometimes that sounds like um leadership or other people shirking the responsibility of of holding people accountable to say that like oh it's your responsibility to go talk to this person by yourself uh mostly that's not the case i i really don't believe that anyone is purposely maliciously um kicking back problems to sailors and say deal with it yourself most of the time that i don't i really don't think that's the case but it's because sometimes these people these people who might be um offensive or might be doing or saying something that is not appropriate it's because they just don't know they just don't know any better they were raised that way in their in their personal life and then they came in the navy and they were raised that way in the navy or they were made to believe that this is acceptable or you know whatever the case was and sometimes they just don't know that you don't say stuff like that or you don't do that or you don't touch people like that right like and some people are very you know kind of touchy-feely people and they want to pat you on the back or um you know just have that like physical contact and they don't mean it in any inappropriate manner they mean it in a, in a connecting kind of way and if that makes you uncomfortable that's okay and you just say like hey uh i don't like when you do that please don't put your hands on me and we can still continue our conversations and most of the time they're like oh wow i had no idea i'm so sorry in my culture or my family xyz right so it's best to start at the lowest level and if you are either uncomfortable having that one-on-one conversation or you think that it's probably not just a um, a miscommunication and that maybe there's a little bit of um, real, like it's, it might be intentional, bring another person in. You can still do that lowest level with another person, whether that's someone from your chain of command or their chain of command or just another person that's a peer of you or that other uh, individual. Mostly is like a CYA that if there's ever another problem, if there's ever a situation where you think it, it something like this might happen again and then when it's time to to report it and put it on paper and and file something you can say hey i've dealt with this before i tried to talk to them i was there with 
Petty Officer Schmuckatelli came with me as my as my third party, and I, I talked to this person on you know Tuesday, March fifteenth, or I don't know if that if March fifteenth was Tuesday in what year, but to have that there to say this is a pattern or this is a pattern, right? Like it's not the first time. And especially if you walk out of a conversation and you document it, right? Put it on a memorandum for the record. Send yourself an email, write a note in your planner, um, as much detail as you can of like, I talked to this person on this day at this time. This is who was there. This is who, what was said. And it's fresh in your brain when you walk out of that room and it's not a, Um, you know, when you have another problem three weeks from now that you're trying to remember, well, I know I talked to them, but when was it? And what did we say? And did I, did I really explain, you know, what was the problem correctly? Right. It it helps you, um, establish that pattern later if necessary. So I highly, highly recommend that you keep these notes for yourself in an MFR somewhere. So, those are your options at like at a lower level. And again, you can use your chain of command or their chain of command or, or get another party involved. That's totally fine. Now, when things are obviously inappropriate, they're obviously uh, egregious or malicious or just wrong, very clearly wrong. And it's not something that's going to get cleared up with a conversation. There are other avenues in play uh, or there are other avenues available to you. So for this particular sailor, the um, there was questions about the SIMEO process and, and the definitions within the SIMEO program. Um, and I personally have run into issues and I've seen problems where we have had sailors put in complaints that came back to be unsubstantiated based on definition. Um, There are very specific definitions within the instruction that say what is and is not uh, within a category of regular harassment, sexual harassment, um, bullying, hazing, those types of things. They're very specific in in what qualifies to fit in those categories. And if you have a situation that is not extremely clear in one of those categories, there is a possibility that it would be unsubstantiated. And in this particular scenario, it it was a, and I'm trying to be vague because it is still kind of ongoing, um, but if you file a complaint, you have to check the box. So if you're not familiar with the form, the the form to fill out when you put in a, a EO complaint, you have to check a box and say, I am submitting a complaint against this individual for this um, for this act or this category of wrongdoing, whether that is harassment, sexual harassment, uh, was it verbal, was it physical, was it... Um, broadcasting intimate images, those types of things. You have to check the box and say, this is the category I'm filing a complaint of. If there was some sort of act or some something that happened that did not exactly align with the box that you checked, but it did align with another box, that is not automatic. It's not clear because you filed a complaint about 
for example, if you filed a complaint for sexual harassment that was physical and it turns out that based on the investigation and the other statements that like potentially it could be sexual harassment that was verbal that other people would um, could substantiate, but there wasn't anything physical or there wasn't enough evidence of physical, that's going to come back more often than not unsubstantiated because your specific complaint did not align with the specific results of the investigation. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily a great system, but that is the system and how it works. And when someone puts in a simio complaint, not everything gets investigated. And that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. So if, you know, if I'm the simio at a command and uh, Seaman Timmy comes to me and says, I believe that I was um, discriminated against. And they tell me why they believe that they were discriminated against. Then uh, very often uh, when a sailor comes with a complaint, a verbal conversation happens where they say, hey, this is what happened to me. And more often than not, it's not a simio problem. Um, It's not within the simio guidelines. It doesn't fall into the definitions. And a lot of the times um, that's just, it's just people being shitty people, honestly. And there's unfortunately very limited um, ways to hold people accountable if they're an equal opportunity asshole, right? So if they're just mean, rude to everybody and it has and it's not under one of the protected categories it has to be a protected category and not everything is protected so if they're just shitty people being shitty and it's not based on them discriminating against you for these factors not based on your gender not based on your race right those things are protected and if they are being fair to every other person of color but not for you then that would not uh, align with discrimination because they're not discriminating against everybody under that category so it's it's really really hard and really convoluted and I I generally don't like to give a lot of um clear advice on what is within Simeo because people take it as gospel and and there's so many factors that go into every single complaint but a lot of times what i've seen is sailors will come and say hey i want to talk about a simio thing they tell me the thing it's not at all simio related um it's not okay that's for sure and i would definitely agree with that and i provide guidance on on what we could do moving forward but that's me as a first class that's not me as the simio um, that's me as a leader within the command, not the simio, and of me trying to help them and, and be their advocate in addressing these problems. But I have no official capacity or ability to help them as a simio in most of the complaints that I've seen in the last two years. So if the sailor comes and says, hey, I think I was discriminated against and they tell me why they think that and it does indeed fall into the guidelines that are established in the instruction, then 
it's another step. I have to have them submit a form. They have to fill out the 5354 form. They have to check the box on what category they're filing against and who it is specifically. And if there's more than one person, if if it's your whole chain of command, you would have to do one against every single individual. And every one of those gets investigated separately. Maybe. Not everything gets investigated. So a sailor comes and says, hey, I was discriminated against based on my gender because uh, my sailor of the quarter package wasn't reviewed. I didn't go up. I wasn't nominated or I wasn't nominated for MAP. Well, what, how that works is when a sailor comes to me and says, hey, this happened, I have to turn around and tell the CO that there is a complaint. And sometimes... And it's up to the CO for everything other than sexual harassment. It's up to the commanding officer to decide whether to investigate something or not. So if this sailor comes and says, hey, I was discriminated against because of my gender, but really they just suck um, because that happens sometimes. If they just weren't qualified, if they weren't eligible, and it it may appear to the sailor that they were discriminated against because of their gender, because they're not thinking about what goes into it or who the, you know, the other competitors might have been. Um, but if it's, if it's clear, if the CO knows that, the, you know, this person's just not up to par and it's not that they were discriminated against, they just weren't competitive, the CO can choose not to investigate or not to move forward. And that goes back to the sailor and we let them know and it kind of just goes away. Um, there's some documentation that gets stored for a certain amount of time in the event that something happens later. Again, we could show that pattern, but like it's it's definitely within the CEO's ability to say, I don't want to investigate this and they won't assign a PIO, a, a investigative officer. There will be no statements. There will be no report. There will just be nothing. It'll be a, an MFR and it'll be documented locally within the command and that is all. That's it. Um, there are at least where I was we had to turn in statistics to our um, our higher level um, person words are hard Um, which is the CCS so the command climate specialist is a very misleading term because not every command has a CCS the CCS is the person that oversees the simios that are below them so where I am that is at the fleet level and so all of the sub commands within that fleet answer to this one CCS that works for the fleet and which which is great and I'll, and I'll get into that um in a minute but so sometimes we have to put in like report cards that say like we had this many complaints, this many were investigated, so on and so forth, uh, with not a lot of detail. So sometimes um, the system allows for things to slip through. That's that's what I'll say there. Um, so it's possible that the CO won't investigate unless it is sexual harassment. If there is a sexual harassment complaint and only a formal sexual harassment complaint, it is automatically going to be investigated. Um, If a sailor came to me with with a complaint of, uh, for example, wrongful broadcast, that somebody had sent uh, an intimate image of them to somebody else without their consent, right? Um, If someone comes to me and says that, verbally we have to then document it once it's documented on paper we start the clock and there's timelines within the instruction um 
Now, when that happens, anytime there's anything, um, I've always immediately turned around and talked to the chain of command, whether that's whoever in the triad is available at that moment. I'll just walk in their office and say, hey, this is coming. Just so you know, we're going to have this uh, the form signed later today or tomorrow. And but that allows us to get the process started. So um, even before the the form is there, I'm I'm engaging with the chain of command. And this is me specifically. I think a lot of people do the same. But um, so then once the form is signed by the um, complainant, then it goes officially to the commanding officer. The commanding officer has to sign it. Then it goes above to their ISIC and to their CCS. And they have to assign an external investigative officer. And that's just to ensure oversight because historically um, there have been issues in the past across all services where issues have been swept under the rug because they're investigated by the own, their own command. So if your, for example, if your CMC was sexually harassing you and you tell the CO and the CO says, nah, Bob would never do that and just lets it go. Or they assign CMC's best buddy or or the person who he's endorsing their eval or like or putting them in for other things, right? So there's been cases where there have been things that have not been investigated because of or they haven't been investigated fully or documented well because of just connections and people looking out for other people. So Formal sexual harassment complaints and only formal sexual harassment complaints get investigated by external entities. And that's its own thing. So I don't want to go too too deep into that, which I've already gone for a little while. But so that's your option for Simeo. That's only if you have something that falls into one of those protected categories or one of those very clear definitions within that. For this sailor specifically, I... When I told them, I said, there's a real chance that that was unsubstantiated because it could have been regular harassment and not sexual harassment. Um, so when that, when that happens, when you submit a complaint, um, regardless of the outcome, you have the right as a complainant to get a redacted copy of the investigative report. So uh, this sailor could go to the to the simio who then requests it from the CCS to get a copy of the redacted report. So like the investigative officer, whoever that was, did their investigation. They they interviewed whoever, they got their statements, they take all of that and they consolidate it into a report that goes to the commanding officer. The commanding officer in all cases, except for formal sexual harassment, is the person who decides whether something is substantiated or unsubstantiated. When they have the facts that come from the investigation and they compare that to the definitions within the instruction, they get to decide whether it is enough or whether it falls into that specific lane. So the investigative officer does not make the decision. They make a recommendation, um, but it's ultimately up to the commanding officer. So there is a possibility that there was some evidence or enough to maybe support, but not quite sure. Um, and then regardless of outcome, substantiated or unsubstantiated, it is also on the commanding officer to decide how they would like to handle that situation when it comes to punishment or accountability. Um, in, the, in every category with the exception of sexual harassment. Now, 
with sexual harassment, formal sexual harassment complaints do go outside of the command, right? They have the external investigator. It goes to their ISIC. It gets validated by the command climate specialist for legal review, for efficiency, to make sure everything happened exactly the way that it was supposed to and that they are confident in their decision to say this is substantiated or unsubstantiated because they want to make sure that they don't uh, do any disservice to any service member, whether they are an alleged offender or the complainant. So now this form gets signed by their uh, by their ISIC and their CCS and, and everyone. And all it does is say substantiated or unsubstantiated. Regardless, it is up to the commanding officer to decide what to do with it most of the time. So even if it comes back unsubstantiated by the higher review, the commanding officer is still within their right to uh, hold that person accountable, to take them to NJP if necessary, um, to award some sort of punishment. The commanding officer has the right to do that regardless of what that report says. Uh, It's rare that they uh, decide to in most cases, I think, but they can and it can also go the other way. Even if something comes back substantiated, they do not have to hold someone accountable with some exceptions. So for example, wrongful broadcast, which is the sharing of intimate images without someone's consent. If that came back, a again, formal complaint of sexual harassment for wrongful broadcast, very specific. If it comes back substantiated, that alleged offender, that is a substantiated offender, is automatically submitted for an admin set board. So it's out of the commanding officer's hands. But even if it came back unsubstantiated, they could still send the person to MAST if they chose. Now, that's how it would work normally, ideally, in the ideal world. Doesn't always happen that way. What can you do? Um, So for the sailor who had an unsubstantiated claim, I suggested they get the report, get the investigative report, see what it says. Maybe that will then clarify some information for you and you can take that and submit a separate complaint under the correct category because it doesn't happen automatically. They're not just going to change the box that you check for you. Um, Or if you, based on uh, the interactions that you have with your simio or with your chain of command or any of the people along the way in, in this process, if you feel uncomfortable or you feel like it was not handled in the appropriate way, it is your right to go to the command climate specialist. You can go directly to the person above your simio and and talk to them about it and your about your case and about what to do next. And they are very, very helpful people. Um, and when someone goes to be a command climate specialist, they agree to do two tours of that because it's it's a very big job and uh, and it's a big investment on the Navy because of the training and all of that um, because it's much more in depth than just the simio course. So generally the people that get into it do it with every intention because they care and not just, it's like, let me get another collateral to add to my eval, right? So for the most part, by and large, I think those are really, really good people and, and any CCS would be a great resource to have. And you should definitely know who your CCS is. And if you don't, 
please go look it up <laughs> for your region or your fleet or your wherever you're located find out who your CCS is because it's important if you ever had to put in a complaint against a simio you would go to the CCS um so talk to the CCS if you have a simio issue that is just doesn't seem right to you or you don't think it's being handled correctly talk to the CCS um <clears throat> Now this sailor with this unsubstantiated claim is now having issues with their chain of command and potential reprisal. So there's a couple things that can, um, that could be going on there or that this sailor might have as options to kind of figure out what the deal is. Um, and as much as I would love to say that every leader in the Navy is fantastic, we know that's not the case or we all wouldn't be here. Uh, this platform and this podcast would not exist if we were in that ideal world. And and there are problems with leaders. Um, not saying that's the case for this particular sailor because I don't know, but I do know that they do exist in places, right? So if this sailor were to be getting kind of like yanked around and and made to feel like they're or that there could be real reprisal based on the fact that they put in a, a complaint they have options so navy investigator general um they the ig they specifically they have a few very specific categories that they also handle um Fraud, waste, abuse, abuse of authority, uh, hostile work environment, um, but especially retaliation and reprisal. And so retaliation and reprisal is when something bad happens to a service member based on the fact that they submitted a protected communication. Now, protected communications are anything that you submit to the IG, to a simio, to a congressperson, um, and also to a trusted person within your chain of command with the expectation that they action it for you. Um, so if you go to your, for example, if you go to your division officer and say, hey, Divo, I'm having a problem with the chief. If your CMC then turns around and you know, denies your collateral duty requests or your um, any other thing that you're routing to the command that has to go through the CMC. If they know that you put in the complaint and they are um, treating you in a way based on the fact that you put in com that complaint, that is reprisal. If it negatively impacted your career, if they give you a bad eval, if they withhold you from a collateral or any of those things, and because they know about the complaint, and that's why they're doing it. If they're doing it just because they're an asshole, that's not reprisal, unfortunately. Um, so, if if this were if this were the case for this particular sailor um, who put in the simio complaint, if they were to then have uh, you know get shifted from their work center in a way that could potentially hold them back from success in their uh, current assignment. Or if they were, um, you know, if they had collateral duties and those collateral duties were taken away from them because you have a lot going on right now and we don't want to overwhelm you, that could be reprisal. Um, there, there's a lot of ways that it, that it can come up. So if that were to happen, then the sailor can go to Navy IG and file a complaint for reprisal. 
Now, when you do a complaint of reprisal, you generally have one year from the day of whatever the reprisal retaliation was, or one year from the day you became aware of it. So if you, you know, if someone started their reprisal in um, those kind of backhanded-ish ways that aren't very clear in, for example, May, um, but you don't realize it until November when it's eval time that now that these things that happened did indeed have a negative impact, then your clock doesn't start really until November. So, and sometimes with extenuating circumstances, they will look at, into things that happened um, further back than that. So that's an option that's available to you and they will do an investigation. If there is proof of reprisal uh, or a substantiated claim of reprisal, when they give you your uh, disposition to say this is where your case is uh, substantiated or unsubstantiated, when it is substantiated, they then provide you a um, the process of what to do next. So if you had a bad eval based on like someone was reprising against you with that eval, they provide the resources to then go and submit it to a BCNR to get it changed when it comes to your record and they provide a piece of paper like a a document that says hey this thing should not be um counted when you are looking into this person for example for the chief selection board uh this one eval is needs to be removed so they don't like take it out but there's a basically like a little addendum that says like hey don't count this don't count it against them um and they provide that to you when they give you the substantiated report so that that's possible. That's an avenue. Um, and so that's for that's for the IG. Um, there's also options for Navy legal that you can use and utilize. Um, if you and, and this actually um, happened to me once that I had some issues with higher level leaders within my command uh, years ago. And I put in an IG complaint, and because I did, I didn't know what to do. I went to the Simeo, and they told me that's not that's not EO. Like they are just being bad people. So I tried to work it out with Simeo, excuse me, and they couldn't help. So then I put in an IG complaint, and the IG came back and said, "You should go through Navy channels to file an Article One Thirty Eight." Now, UCMJ Article 138 is redress of wrong from the commanding officer or of the commanding officer. So that's basically you saying the CO did me wrong and and there's a process in place. Um, If you run into a problem with your commanding officer, that is an option available to you and Navy Legal can help you. When I say Navy Legal, I mean the Navy Legal Office on your base, not the legal officer assigned to your command. Uh, legal officers within a command or like the JAG, those people are there to protect the command, to protect the commanding officer. They are not there to defend sailors. They're not there to provide legal assistance to the sailors. They're there to provide legal assistance to the command. So keep that in mind that you understand their roles and responsibilities when you're going to get some help from these people. Um, there's also another, uh, NAV regs 1150, which is redress of wrong of a superior, not within your chain of command. So if there was a, any person, uh, superior to you 
that was not directly within your chain of command, but that was, for example, like another department head from another department or from another command that's besties with your department head, right? That's another option and and legal can help you with that. Um, And those are all kind of like the bigger options and also the same, like you can write to your congressperson, there's there's avenues for that these are the the bigger ones but some of these things do get to a point where we need bigger level accountability and we need these um higher programs to get involved there's a reason that they exist ideally yeah we would live in a world where we wouldn't need the ig i actually in um an aldc class years ago 2019 2020 we did a co-class um with like half of it was my command and half of it was sailors that worked for the Blue Angels. And none of them knew what the Navy IG was. And I didn't know if that was good or bad. Like, have you never needed it? Or did you just not know it existed because they didn't tell you about it? And and a mind, mind boggling for me. So those are avenues that exist in this particular scenario. And it can apply to a lot of other scenarios of resources that are available to you and steps that you could take and and what those steps entail. Now, there are other avenues for assistance. There's other resources for some other scenarios. So I'll share, um, this is a situation that I personally dealt with um, where I was guided, uh, influenced, uh, loosely directed but not ordered to do something that uh, did not jive with Navy or command policy. And I did not do that thing. So there were some uncomfortable conversations had, uh, none of which were semio-related because it had nothing to do with my gender or my race or religion or any of that. Um, so it wasn't an EO thing. Uh, I, I think there potentially could have been some issues with um, like abuse of power type situation of people who were um, giving orders that were not lawful orders that were contradictory to policy so um had i decided to go the ig route that could have been something that they may have investigated because of that um instead i just kind of let it go i tried to work with my chain of command started the lowest level worked through you know from lpo all the way up to the necessary individuals um and i I hit roadblocks over and over and over and over again and the the language um, that was used to me from the leadership that I had was using the commanding officer's guidance. And they were using words saying that, um, you know, this is coming from the CO, do this or the CO will take you to mast, um, those types of things. And I found it hard to believe that our commanding officer would have been on board with the way that this was going on because that commanding officer had already signed uh, two policies that gave guidance that was not jiving with what the verbal guidance was. So 
I, I try again, tried to talk to the chain of command, got in touch with a, a bunch of people for some help and it kind of just hung for a little while. And, and there was some, uh, un, uncomfortable things, some kind of veiled threats of punishment or of withholding of good things, not necessarily awarding of bad things, but not allowing for, for good success, right? And I know this is very vague, sorry, <laughs> but I, I just, I thought I could tell that there was some kind of commu- miscommunication happening from from the commanding officer to the individuals that were involved with me and giving me that guidance. And it got to a point where I I had real fear of punishment that was not valid um, just due to that miscommunication. So I requested captain's mast. Most people um, think that captain's, I don't wanna say most, that's, a, I don't know what everybody thinks, a lot of people, I'll say, do not know that captain's mast is not a bad thing. Um, NJP, non-judicial punishment, that, that is punishment. Captain's mast is literally just you in front of your commanding officer. Um, and it can be. There's also a meritorious mast. That's a good captain's mast. Um, it's not always a bad thing to have captain's mast. Uh, most of the time it is, but not always. <laughs> so... There is a process in place. It's in Navy regulations that allow for service members to have direct access to communicate with their commanding officer so long as they're given, you know, appropriate time and place and all of that. Nobody in the chain of command can deny any sailor the right to talk to their commanding officer. So, and, and I've seen it happen with other people where they had requested MAST and magically whatever the problem was got fixed before it ever got to the commanding officer because the people who were not doing the right thing did what they needed to do so that they didn't get their asses handed to them basically and they were able to fix those situations in in the few that i know of um it got resolved and never even saw the skipper that was not the case in my particular scenario. Um, I was in a command that had a, um, with digital routing. And so I submitted a digital request chit that just said, you know, in accordance with Navy regulation, request mast with commanding officer. And before it, I mean, within two hours, I had an email because this is all digital. Um, I had an email inviting me to a meeting with the commanding officer. Um, that was to be scheduled for, uh, I think, two days later. So very quickly, I was able to get to the skipper um, without getting any pushback from the chain of command between myself and the commanding officer. And it turned out to be just a miscommunication. There was guidance provided from the CO to his... Um, officers that was misunderstood and mis uh, misused in implementation I'll say um, so and and he was clear to tell me that that 
this nobody was being malicious there was no bad intent no one was trying to punish you it was we were trying to hold people accountable and this particular instance there was a miscommunication and everything was fine everything was fine um that sailor that i mentioned earlier with the simio complaint has has a fear of something happening to them and they are being told um or they have been told verbally um you know this could happen or this could happen or the co wants to do this or the co wants to do that um and again i i do not know the details of this situation or this command um but there is potential that the people who are communicating about this sailor to the commanding officer don't have the full picture that they don't understand everything um and that commanding officer is going to make a decision with all the information that they have and if the information that they have is only coming from one source and is this sailor has had no direct communication with the co some things can definitely get lost and so i I told them i said this is within your right you can do it um and and sometimes you have to um there are situations where you have exos or cmcs or department heads who are not they're just not doing things right and when they communicate up when they report it up their chain of command they're obviously not going to admit their issues and sometimes we have to do that that's why these regulations exist i i'm not at all advocating for you know uh, undermining the chain of command in its entirety or like staging a coup against your leadership that's not what i'm suggesting i just i i want to make sure that sailors understand that it is their right it is not a privilege you don't have to i mean you don't really have to even ask permission to talk to the CEO. Basically, you're just asking to get on their schedule. You have permission already. It is a requirement that every commanding officer have a process in place at their command to allow sailors to have that face-to-face one-on-one communication for all issues necessary. So just know that 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 is something that you could do if you needed to. Um if that's the case now that also goes higher for example if you did have an issue with your commanding officer you can go to their commanding officer right everybody answers to somebody um it's not necessarily recommended to do it that way there are other people that can get involved for you for you and on your behalf um, because it is a little more difficult to get on like the commandant's schedule or the commodore's schedule um, without your CO knowing, but it, it can happen. Um, but there are definitely avenues in place for sailors that have these issues. It's just like the warning labels that are on blow dryers, like don't use this in the bathtub. It's not because it's dangerous. I mean, yes, it is, but it's because somebody did it. Somebody created a reason for us to have this warning. Uh, and there is a reason that the Navy has these processes in place. I wish we didn't need them, but
but I'm happy that we have them. And that's for all of these programs for Simeo, DAPA, SAPR, suicide prevention, um, things, IG, those types of things. It's very, very important that we have those resources. And it it's one of those things that pains me when sailors don't know what's available and they don't have anyone who tells them that because it's not easy to find all this information. It's not like you get a book when you get there of everything that it could ever possibly be available to you. But if your leadership is a problem and the leadership is the ones who would tell you about these things, they may not tell you to save their own skin, unfortunately. So th- those are those are some options. Um, I know it seems like a lot, and I know none of it honestly seems very clear, which is unfortunate that there are so many different avenues, but it's also it's also a benefit that there are so many avenues because just because you get uh, dismissed by one, thing because maybe it doesn't fit the bill or because maybe the person who's in that particular program or seat isn't the best person or they're the person that has the problem there are other ways and I would definitely encourage people to utilize social media or the internet or phone a friend any any of the above to get the information ask the question I just would Please encourage people that if you don't know the answer for a fact, because you looked at the instruction or you worked in this program, if you don't know for sure, don't don't lead the sailors the wrong way. So many times people just get something from verbally from someone in a higher rank and they take it as gospel. And it's like these sailors, these young sailors don't know what they don't know. And it's not very easy to go Google, you know, opnavinst, whatever, if you don't know what you're looking for. So, you know, if a sailor comes to you as, and as a leader, if a sailor comes to you and has a question about anything, and that, I mean, I mean literally anything, my suggestion is ask them to look it up. Or ask them, have you looked it up? Have you looked into it? Have you tried? Have you found the instruction? If they say no, then say, okay, well, it's instruction, blah, blah, blah. Go pull it up, read it, come to me, and we'll go over it together. I'll answer any questions you have about it. And and we teach them where to find these resources, where to get the information, and then help them understand it in a way that they can then utilize it. Instead of saying, oh yeah, go read you know, Opnavins 5354 and, you know, all 88 pages of it, right? They're not going to necessarily have that or the bandwidth in their brain to take in all 88 pages. And that's on us to identify what their problems are, address the problems and help them resolve these problems or get people involved who can help if we can't. And if you don't know, ask somebody. It's okay if you don't know. If you're the leader and you don't have an answer or you don't know what to do, talk to someone. 
talk to your peers, talk to your leadership, talk to your, you know, we hit like first class Facebook group or whatever, anywhere, ask somebody else, um, and, and take it and own it until you can then go back to that sailor with a fix. Don't just say like, well, I don't know. You should go ask chief Smith because he does that. It's like, you know, go talk, you go talk to chief Smith yourself and say, Hey, I have a sailor who has this issue. Help me figure it out. That way, the next time you have a sailor that has the issue, you know how to help them and you're not sending them away again. Um, which again is a, a separate topic for another time on on uh, leadership in general. So I know that went kind of long and I know it was a lot, and but it's just, I think it's important. I, I, I really do. With, with the issues that I've seen, the issues I've faced, I think it's important that we know that these things exist and where to find them and what to do with them and how to help sailors navigate within these systems. And again, if you have any issue where you don't know what to do, reach out to us. You can you can reach us on you know Facebook on Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. Um, you can reach me on Trash Panda Talks. I, I now have an email. You can email me directly um, to trashpandatalkspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and I have a Facebook page. You can message me directly if you want to talk about any issue and you don't know what to do to get help or anything you just want to talk about completely unrelated to what I just went on about for the last hour. You are more than welcome to reach out to me. You're more than welcome to reach out to DGUTS proper um, and... I mean, there's so many of us that would be happy to help you and, and I would, I would really love to get engagement. So please reach out and, and if you have any, anything else you want to talk about, I'm, I'm here. That's all I have for today. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. Hey, big shout out to our level five patrons, William McIver and Victoria Livingood to all the other patrons and everyone that supports us. We couldn't do it without you. You're allowing us to expand the platform, pay all these bills, and continue to push out just awesome content for you as much as humanly possible. And we really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much.